With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. The following program is intended for immature audiences only. Bill Alexander. Online with Bill Alexander is a live caller interactive talk show. Whatever's on your mind, heavy, light, or otherwise, give Bill a ring at 724-444-7444. ID 1832. Now, sit back and strap in for another edition of Online with Bill Alexander. Good. What is it? Wednesday night. It's yours truly. William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill. And you're online with Bill Alexander. A Tuesday. No, it's a Wednesday night edition. I don't know what day it is. Phone number 724-444-7444-1832 is the TalkCast ID number. Hope everything's going fine for you. Hopefully you had a better last three days than I had. Because let's just say it's been uh, it's been interesting. As last night, I was stuck on the side of a highway as my car decided it was going to quit in the middle of the road. That's right. My 2013 vehicle decided it was going to go no further, and we still have no clue what's going on. But hey. I guess that's what 2016 will bring. I don't know. Anyhow, yours truly, William Eric Alexander. Hope everything's going fine for you on this Wednesday night. There, I got it. It's just been a rough two days. That's why I have no idea what time it is. On the phone line tonight, we have a guest. We have Mr. Eric O'Brien. And uh, Eric has helped me out tonight because the last time I did a live show, there was no audio on it, which was very uncomfortable. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing better than your car is. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so I was on my way to pick up my son last night from his uh, musical rehearsal, and I got five minutes from his school, and literally my car stopped. The engine was going, but the wheels weren't turning. (laughs) 
the wheels and it was on the like, bus don't go round and round. No, and I'm going, wait a minute, what happened here? The car just recently passed inspection. Four new tires put on it two Saturdays ago. The car, I love my car. It's a, it's, a, it's a Volkswagen Jetta. I love my car. But all of a sudden, it decided it wasn't going to go any further. So it's... Uh, so we're we're in the process of trying to figure out what's wrong with it. So it's been, it's been a fun uh, 24 hours, I guess. I'm sure it is. Yeah. So uh, we're we're trying to deal with that. And then two weeks ago on a Friday night, I was interviewing Joe Simon, former uh, announcer at WMBS Radio, and you heard him perfectly fine, but you could not hear me. And it was like one of these situations going. Wait a minute, I could hear me. He could hear me, but it wasn't broadcasting, so no one could hear me. So it was a one-sided conversation. It honestly sounded like wish. Joe was going crazy talking to himself. <laughs> well, the listeners <laughs> got their wish on that one. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so I didn't leave anybody out. Um, I finally got to share that interview I did with uh, Joe Gehring um, in 2001, June 2001. Oh yeah, and, Joe Gehring. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to play that on uh, last Friday night. What's really interesting is I was editing that program, pulling out all the commercials, pulling the majority of the station references out of it, because you know they claim they own the intellectual property to it. But I forgot a lot of what he said, and it's so interesting to hear him talk, because that interview could have been done this past June and not – 15, almost 16 years ago. You know, he, he was a, a classy guy. He, you know, I, you shared that recording with me. And, yeah. um, you know, I listened to it very intently because I got to work with Joe for a couple of years at KHB. And uh, Joe, Joe is a unique, in, was a unique individual. Um, you know, just, uh, I, I think it was Bogut that said he was liberal before it was cool. Yes, exactly. You know, and and he certainly was. He was certainly uh, an interesting duck, and I I certainly miss working with him. Yeah, and it it, it was a pleasure because um, there was a reference of my old GM in the program, and when I first listened to it after Joe passed away this past September, after you and I were talking about it, I I didn't listen to the program for probably 14 years, 15 years, I got a hold of my GM and I said, were we really looking at bringing him to WMBS radio? I said, because I don't remember that. And there is reference throughout that we met with him the week before this program. We had lunch with him and we were talking about bringing him to the afternoon talk program on WMBS. Hmm. And I'm thinking, I don't remember that, but I guess we did because I have documented proof. Well, yes, uh, and and Joe never told a lie. No, and, uh, and I, again, it's kind of interesting to go back that many years in in radio folklore and actually have documented proof of what was going on. Yes, yes, it's uh, you know th- this is what is so magical about being able to record interviews and and uh, file them away for a while, and you know I'm getting to the point where I'm about ready to di- digitize all my cassettes from from the last 20 or 30 years. And When you're uh, done with yours, you can come do mine. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I... Yeah, for about 20 bucks a tape. 
Uh, I've been I've been saying I was going to do it for the last twenty years, and I still have, or last ten years, and I still haven't done it yet. Yeah, right. I no, I understand, and uh, of course it it's a passive thing that you can do, but uh, when you have one computer, <laughs> you know, and you have to use that computer for other things, it's kind of hard to do it passively. But anyhow, um, you know, you. My mother used to say, oh, Eric, you just love to sit there and listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. And she was right to a fault. But the fact is that when you go back and listen to those recordings, what, whatever they are, even if it's just you playing around or or what have you, you're really listening to history. And that's, oh, yeah. that's your history. Mm-hmm. Or it may be, belong to somebody else, but you might have memories of that time or... Uh, the era that it was recorded. I, I know when I was listening to that uh, interview you did, I was thinking, gee, what was I doing around that time in 2001? You know, I, and, it, and it is an interesting program. You make a comment about our history, um, and I forgot I did this. And um, I told the story on here before that when I was working for WASP, um, it was right before my wife and I got married, so it's been 19 years. And I went to my boss, Jim Humes, and I said, Jim, I need to work on January 11th. I'm only doing a two-hour shift. And he said, but wait a minute. You're getting married that day. Why would you want to work? I said, because if I don't, I'm going to be a nervous wreck, and it's no use me being a nervous wreck. Right. So we did a two-hour show. It was called the... Um, Wedding reception of the airwaves. My father joined me on the program. He was in studio with me. And we did a two-hour show. And then it's amazing. I remember the guy who filled in after me. His name was Johnny Hill, which I have no idea where he's at now. And he he took in the last hour of the show. Well, what was interesting about that is that I must have posted the show on Facebook or at least alluded to it this year. didn't think about it. My 15-year-old son listened to it. Oh. And he's going, Dad, was that really you? I said, yeah, that was me. I said, and we were going through it. And then my 11-year-old started listening to it. And he goes, so who is this? And, and who are these people that you said were out to get you? And I said, wait a minute. Let me put everything into context. <laughs> but it was interesting because now the kids have finally found what I've done. And that was one of the reasons why I recorded everything is so I could prove to them 20 and 30 years from now that I did this. Yes. Yeah, well, it's like taking a picture. You know, we yeah. used to we used to hold pictures precious you mm-hmm. know, because we had film and and we had to get them developed. And you know, if if we didn't, uh, you know, if we weren't careful, we would lose them forever. Right now, now you you don't we we take them for granted because we're we have them in our phones. We have big cameras. We have computers we have you know just about everything has a camera now even car keys um you know and the uh the fact of the matter is that people don't want to forget that moment right they they want to to remember that that good time that they had with their friends or or what have you i know that i have some cassettes in there that i did when i was an intern at wish and, uh, you know, I, I got to play around in the production studio, don't tell Mr. Renda, um, <laughs> you know, that, and 
you know, I I and now definitely don't tell him this. I would invite some of my school friends to come in and play around with me a little bit. And the right. guy the guy who was on duty Saturday nights was cool with it. He doesn't work there anymore, so he's not going to get fired now. But um you know those things were just fun. I mean, we were having fun while practicing our craft. And, you know, those are things that uh, will just be fun for us to, I mean, no, you might not care about it, but, you know, I do, and I'm sure the people involved do. Exactly. Um, my my uh, my son came across, I was in an auction after the first of the year, and I was, and unfortunately, the, I, I part of me likes going to auction to see what other people had. The other part of me feels sad because their life has gone to a, um, pennies on a dollar sale for their stuff that they prize. There were prize processions, right? And I found a boombox of all things, dual cassette player, AM/FM stereo, and I mean I could go back into the mid '80s with this boombox. Sure. So I brought it home, cleaned it up, put it in the basement, didn't think anything of it. And two weeks ago, my oldest son found it, and he goes, "Dad, do you have any cassettes?" And I'm going, yes, I have cassettes. I said, I'll have to dig them out for you. So I went to the one location where I knew they were handy, and I pulled it out. He found one that has scribble on it that I wrote. It was an air check tape that I did. And I made a comment on there that I was filling for Chuck Durso, who was the afternoon guy on WMBS. And he came and he goes, is that Mr. Durso's dad? And I said, yes, it is. I said, remember... Mr. Durso is his band director. <laughs> I said, his dad and I worked together for a long time. And it's funny because Chuck and myself, we both went into education because we realized that radio was not going to be what we thought radio should be in the, in the, future, in the future. So we realized that we could go and go into education and still, still do what we love to do. But it was just really interesting because now they're making these connections. And um, it's just, it's just again, like you said, just very interesting to be able to, to, to play them back again and be able to do it. Now, the interview that I said I did that with Joe Simon that did not get played, we've rescheduled to talk to him this coming Friday, and Joe's agreed to do it again. So I'm looking forward to doing that, and hopefully everybody can actually hear my side of the conversation this time. <laughs> Yes, now you just have to remember what you said, that's all. <laughs> and then in a couple of weeks, the, uh, a gentleman by the name of Glenn Heller, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, Glenn used to work at WPQR, and then he was the morning guy when WASP-FM went on the air, which is now known as Froggy. So Glenn has agreed to do the program, too. We just have to nail down a date. So these people that I've been wanting to get in here are finally agreeing to do it, and I don't know if it's because they're relenting because I'm bugging the heck out of them or they're listening to the previous ones that I've done and they're realizing, hey, it might be fun to reminisce for an hour or so. Yes. Yes. So, that's, so again, that, that's what I'm trying to do with the PBR TV podcast. Yeah, and I was not jumping the gun on you. I, I, I know you started this before I did, but you you get the big names. I get the small names. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I still have my Bogan interview that I'm going to rebroadcast here, and I also have my Cullen interview that I'm going to rebroadcast. So. Oh, yeah, those are small names, Bill. Yeah, just uh, yeah. small ones, yep. Yes. Yeah. So. 
Uh, no. One I would one I think you should get, and I would love to be personally. I'd love to talk to him because I've 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 have a crossings of a pathway with him. Unfortunately, um, I don't know if I'll be able to do it. But you need to talk to Bill Cardell. I have been told that on many occasions by several people. And, and I not. guess there's some stuff floating around the Internet of the old stuff that WIIC used to do for promotional material for Chiller Theater. Yes. And it's interesting to read the comments and the post about a lot of people don't think that he's with us anymore, unfortunately. But just talking about that, and I know people that have talked and worked with him before, and if you start talking about Chiller Theater with him, he'll talk for hours. Oh, he will. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is is that Bill Cardell is one of the nicest gentlemen on the face of the planet. He, uh, I remember, you know, I worked with him as an intern, and uh, I remember doing a remote broadcast with him from an old folks' home that had just opened uh, mm -hmm. Vanadium Woods, as a matter of fact. Um, I don't know if they'll appreciate me calling it an old folks' home, but uh, but I remember, uh, you know, he and I stood there and talked for, oh, a good 20 minutes just nonstop. And then, you know, he felt comfortable asking me to go get him some more uh, refreshments. But, uh, right. you know, at, at the same time, we had a lovely conversation, and any time we were together and talked, I mean, he, he took the time out to talk. It wasn't anything big, but, you know, he was just a sweetheart of a guy and still is um, and still makes appearances here and there. So, you know, he, he ain't dead yet. Right, exactly. Now, I've been asked this question before, and they don't like my answer because they they the the question is if there's someone you would have to the opportunity to interview who would it be dead or alive now they hate my answer because i actually had the opportunity to do it actually there were two of them and i had the opportunity to boot both of them one was steve allen when i was working at wasp and the other one was boget when i was doing this program jack agreed to do it with me and this is after I had dinner with him uh, about three or four months before because we were at an event together. And we kept running into each other in the oddest locations. <laughs> and it was like Jack goes, I can't get away from you, so I might as well just do it. And that's basically what it was. But if you had the opportunity to talk to anybody that you haven't talked to before, who would it be? Oh, gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I know. That's my job. Um, dead or alive? Actually, you know, funny thing, other, other than Jack, it, it would actually be O'Brien and Gary. Okay. And the reason is, you know, I was not brought up on O'Brien and Gary, despite the name. We're not related. Um, but, you know, I've heard their stuff over the years. And everybody, I mean, everybody loved them. I mean, you you walk down the street, you mention their names. Oh yeah, you know, I remember their their skits and their their things. I mean, they were the 1980s and 90s version of Reg Cordic. In a, oh, exactly. In a sense, and you know, and and truthfully, if if we're choosing dead people to interview, Reg Cordic <laughs> would be my choice. <laughs> Reg would probably be very interesting. Yeah. O'Brien and Gary. This goes back to 1986, maybe 87. 
my college roommate and I, he's now a funeral director, oh, largest cool. funeral direct, funeral home in Indiana County from what I've been told. I haven't seen him in years. Um, but his wife and I correspond back and forth. And his nickname was Digger. Never, never guess why, but <laughs> we used to do a morning show, and it was that we used my middle name. It was Eric and Digger in the morning, sometimes funny but never boring. And we patterned our show after O'Brien and Gary because what was unique is I grew up listening to him because of my father. He grew up listening to him because of his father. And we just liked that strange sense of humor. So one afternoon, we had nothing to do. We made a phone call to WHTX. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we talked to the program director and said, we would like to come in and watch O'Brien and Gary's show. Well, we couldn't go in to see their show, but they brought us in to see a evening show. And the, for some reason, Carrie Griffith was the woman that we got to sit and watch do her show for a whole air shift. Uh-huh. And it was amazing, I mean, to be able to do it. And she was telling us stories, and it was like this solidified, this is what we wanted to do for a living. Right. Now, I have a strange connection with O'Brien and Gary because every time I would see them within weeks of me seeing them or talking to them because I've – I've talked to them a couple of times on the phone. Um, they would lose their job and move to another station. Oh, that, that's why that happened. It's all <laughs> your fault. I, I blamed it, and I told them that once. But when they used to do the river cruise. Yes. Oh, have you ever been on one of those river cruises before? I had not, but I've heard stories. Oh, was it a blast. Within two months of them doing the river cruise, HTX cut them, and they went somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Then whenever um, TAE uh, or EAE brought them back, they were on Doug Hurst's show, and they were talking to him about it, and I called in on the program, and Doug knew who I was because I was part of the group um, a couple of times. And I told O'Brien Gary, and I said, I just want to let you know that you will not be working at WTE much longer. And they said, why? I said, because every time I've talked to you or seen you, you've lost your job. <laughs> he goes the dog hang up on him now uh, I wish I was sitting in my driveway when I made the phone call I wish I had a recording of it because those two guys again you had to listen to them you had to you had to, to get the inside joke but Bill here, here's the thing yeah there may have been an inside joke but they weren't goofus oh no 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 they, no, no. they weren't I mean they they were Deadpan serious when mm-hmm. they did their stuff, and you know nowadays you either have a, a, a giggly girl and oh, a hotshot guy. Yeah, uh, and and this for those listening, this is not just limited to Pittsburgh. It, it's no. all over. It, it's the, it's the trend, and you have giggly girls and a hotshot guy, or poop jokes, or, or you know whatever kinds of things. They did. They actually sat there and created stuff, right? And because they were creative and they weren't relying on show prep and all that jazz. You know, they they were they were respected. They were funny. They were honest. I mean, that that's where 
you know, every time somebody says the term breakdown to me, I I will go, <laughs> you know, or, you know, especially as Neil Spence said, breakdown. Right. You know, I, I would say breakdown. Um, you know, or, or um, you know, anything like that. And, you know, in talking to Neil or talking to um, uh, Ellie Tadoff, or whoever they had on, you know, uh, Alan Bowl. I mean, they right. they just had creative banter, and it was all off the cuff. And that's how radio should be done. Now, the other thing I think is interesting is, and I thought it was just me that thought it was hilarious, until I realized, until I started posting it, that I wasn't the only one that knew that, that knew it, is that they had... A Christmas special, and I have a recording of it in this house somewhere. And they start talking about their favorite Christmas song, and they play Annette Futicello's Pineapple Princess. <laughs> to this day, it is still my favorite Christmas song, but I thought I was the only one that, that remembered it until I posted it. I think you did. And all of a sudden, all these people start remembering this, and I'm going, wow, they did have a connection, and these people are still remembering this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, Pineapple Princess is, uh, you know, if Captain Showbiz knew knew that it was still being played, but, you know, we, we sneak it in at KHB every now and again. <laughs> um, well, you know. well, when I interviewed Fabian, who was very close friends with Annette Funicello, I made a comment about the song, and I said, did you realize that that was one of the most favorite Christmas songs in the city of Pittsburgh? He looked at me and had no clue what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Off the mic, I had explained to him what happened. And then the other one is, is it um, they would do, is it a good time to call? And they would just, and and that, that whole running gag there. Now, if anybody wants to listen to some of their great stuff, they had a CD that came out years ago that I think you can find on eBay. And if you yeah. want to hear some classic O'Brien and Gary stuff, the dentist one that they did. Oh, my gosh. That, that is, John, John Gary was very nice to send me one as a complimentary uh, uh-huh. uh, whatever promo. And that one sends me into pieces every single time. Um, the, the other ones, you know, the, the, uh, the drones, the, uh, Mary heartbeat, Mary heartbeat, Mary but heartbeat. Mary my heartbeat. favorite is, is still Lieutenant Macho. Unfortunately, that could not play today. No, it, it would not work as well. Some of those probably would not work, but I mean, you could probably, you could probably adapt them to some modern day stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, Lieutenant Macho has kind of you know hit the, uh, the mark. And you know somebody uh, gave me an air check. I consider him the O'Brien and Gary historian because he has tons of air checks of their stuff. Uh-huh. Um, gave me an air check of when I think they went back to TAE, um, and some some people had called in and asked if uh, if they were going to bring them back. And, you know, they openly, openly admitted that for the time, they said, you know, we'll, we'll definitely do some of that stuff, but, you know, we have to consider that some of it's kind of dated now. So, you know, we may not do certain ones, but we will do, um, we will do our thing. Right. Whatever it may be. Um, 
he uh, also gave me an air check of the time that they did an April Fool's joke on 3WS, um, where they pretended all morning long that they were Merkel and Dixon. <laughs> but the listeners weren't stupid. They knew it was O'Brien and Gary, uh, especially when they did, is now a good time to call? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's people remember that sort of thing. They re- they remember bogus stories. They remember John Cigna and and whatever Cigna did. You know, all the, all those things that I just can't come up with right now. But you know, you you try to look for something memorable like that today, and you can't find it. No, and, and you can't. And that and that's what's that's what's really sad about it. And you'll never guess what. You'll never guess what I found while you were talking to me. Uh, <laughs> so let me see if I can get this queued up, and uh, so you can. This is this is still one of my favorite bits that they did. And uh, let's see if I can do it without getting uh, taken into copyright court to be able to play this for you. Ah! Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Uh, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. I think that. Oh, keep this in mind when it comes to dental care. You never know when you want to bite somebody. (laughs) Now, see what you've done. See what you've done. You've spoiled another one now. No, you don't. That's true. (laughs) And so it it came to pass. One sunny November morning in 1981, the O'Brien and Gary show... Finally went over the edge, and they were forced to go out and get honest work. Now, I'll try to straighten it. Will you? When? Uh, pretty soon. Oh. You don't want to gum them, do you? Give them a nip. Uh, uh, Will you straighten up? I'm trying. Oh. <laughs> I'm better now. That sounds like the time the uh, we uh, couldn't find the cork for the King Kong gin and had to finish it off before 10, remember? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a busy schedule is no longer a reason to put off dental treatment. No. <laughs> and Kaufman's Dental Center gets you in and gets you out quickly, efficiently, and at your convenience. Get in, get them out. <laughs> Kaufman's Dental Center is conveniently located downtown. <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> Kaufman's second floor. <laughs> it is, because the one yeah. out here doesn't fall. No. Uh-huh. Stop in on your lunch hour, even after work. We don't care. <laughs> Yeah, stop in before work. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hang around. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> the hours are great. The hours are great. Yeah, they are. Do you know what they are? Yeah, I do. What? What are they? Huh? You don't even know. I do. What? They open at eight o'clock Monday through Saturday. You do know. See? Yeah. Closing when Kaufman's does. What? Hmm? Close. Oh. Now that's convenience for you and your entire family. Of little sure is. <laughs> Any treatment? <laughs> Boy. From a simple checkup to specialized services such as braces or gum treatments, <laughs> your one eye is turned all the way around. <laughs> I can look inside, though. Yeah. <laughs> is it 10 o'clock? What do you see? <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> the twisted wreckage. Oh, yeah. Well, you want some, you know, you want bad gums or what? <laughs> I think it'll fix you up. <laughs> 
to turn off my microphone now. I'm going way over here. Oh, don't. I'm don't a, go too far. I'm, I'm afraid I'll get like you. <laughs> there's no easier way. This is a long... Oh, there's no easier way to keep your teeth healthy and bright. There, <laughs> there couldn't be an easier way. Uh, <laughs> by visiting the dental center at Kaufman. <laughs> Should they come in today? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Don't wait till tomorrow for God's sake. Oh, boy. Uh, A.R. Aronowitz, DMD Associates Incorporated. Phone <laughs> the tooth puppy. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, that's right. Dr. Aronowitz will come out here and hit you with one of those little prongy things. <laughs> you don't want that, do you? I hate it when they stick that thing in you. Well. <laughs> <laughs> They've got a phone and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, the, the, the great thing about that is that they got away with that, but the, oh. the the kicker to that story is the uh, the doctor involved was uh, basically uh, had his license revoked <laughs> about ten years ago. <laughs> and, uh, it was big news around here, but I, I thought that was funny. It was about the time that I got the CD that the guy gets his license revoked. But <laughs> the tooth puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and you know how can you be in a bad mood after listening to that? I mean, you can't. You can't. And you know I'm sure you know in the days of Cordic, you know you had people pulling off on the parkways to avoid the tunnel so they wouldn't lose the signal for the skits. Right. I would imagine that was the one that had the water cooler talk going all day long. Did you hear O'Brien lose it this morning? Oh, yeah. Well, what do you think of Gary's comeback? You know, It was probably the most effective spot for the Kaufman Dental Center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, it, it's, uh, you know it, it's stuff like that that's missing nowadays. You know, the the the... The banter that's just off the cuff, that's what is fun about radio. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. It, 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 has, it has gone away. Now, and, and not to mention any names, but I will anyhow. I listened to um, uh, Randy Bauman and Bill Crawford on DVE. Yes. They are very similar to this. Because they do, and they go off on tangents, and you can tell that it's not planned. Now, the one thing that bothers me, both O'Brien and Gary were both radio guys that were basically forced together to do a morning show. Right. Okay. Now this whole thing about having one radio guy and one local comedian, I don't know if that's a formula that works or not. Well, because... Everybody who's listening, I mean, the few people who do listen to radio still. We mean a few. Well, I mean, it's, let's admit it. It's not what it once was. Right. Okay. So, uh, you know, if, if you're a teenager, you're not listening to the radio. I mean, there there may be a select few who do because mom and dad do or whatever, but you don't really have the independence because you can get – everything you want on iTunes or whatever and mix it yourself. Right. But the people who are listening to radio nowadays are people who knew what radio was like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, they assume that because the, 
person is sitting there every day, morning after morning or afternoon after afternoon, uh, that that they are radio people. Right. And when they realize, they don't realize that they aren't radio people until they're out on their own or become the head honcho of the show or right. get their own show on another station. You know, <laughs> not you that you're I'm referencing anybody. This? No, no, not at all. <laughs> um, but is the program still on the air is my question. Yes, it is. Oh, uh, wow. But, you know, they, they realize that, okay, maybe he or she isn't as uh, pr- prominent in that regard as we thought they were. Right. You know, and then they realize, what was I listening to for 24 years on, mm-hmm. on one particular station? You know, well, I was listening to two guys who just happened to work well together. And, you know, they they worked off of each other. You know, but you're you're right. It probably isn't the best combination for that very reason, because you know people expect so much out of the um, the the hosts as it is. Right, um, and and you go back and you look at you look at the uh, the morning teams that were in Pittsburgh because you you of course you bring O'Brien and Gary in. Who got displaced from TAE when Bogut moved over? Right, and a lot of people, and I, I still think that they were offended that they were moved from TAE to an FM station. Oh, oh, they, they were, they were angry because the first, the very first morning that they were on WHTX, the first thing they said when they got on the air was, "This is bad, buddy." Yeah, I, <laughs> I have that air check too. Um, you know, and. They they were they were pleasantly surprised. They spent several years on WHTX. Well, and and they realized that their audience got bigger. Yes, because TA, TAE signal. I hate to use the term sucked. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I down mean, down there in Hayes, where the the both of those signals are actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's kind of down in the valley. Right. So, you know, it doesn't get out. I mean, it's 5,000 watts by day, 1,000 at night, but I mean, it it just, it can only do so much. Whereas 96.1 gets out there because it's FM, it's frequently right. modulated, you know, all those, all those things. Yeah, it, it, it grew immensely for them. And then on DV at the time, you had uh, Jimmy and Steve. Right. Who thought that they were the end all to be all and then went to Florida and realized that they couldn't make it anywhere other than Pittsburgh because their humor didn't work anywhere else. That's right. And then whenever they left is when, because um, Paulson was actually hired to work at HTX um, right after O'Brien Gary. Because if you, and I remember the commercials as vivid as can be, the TV commercials, is O'Brien and Gary were standing and there was a guy sitting on the chair with a paper bag on his head. Because they weren't going to reveal who it was, because I don't think the contract was signed yet. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. and then he worked there, and then he jumped to DVE, and that's when they teamed him up with Billy Cron, or not uh, with uh, with Kren. Um, but, and that lasted for how many years until Paulson decided he was retiring, which he's retired how many times since then? And then they brought in Randy Bauman from Erie, which was a really nice fit. But again, as you said, you could see who was in control of the show was the guy with the radio background. Right. 
And it's really interesting. And I never thought about that until just now because these guys that are these comedians that they're okay, I hate to use the term one trick ponies. Right. They're not able to do it on their own. That's right. Because they didn't have to. Because they right. had somebody there to do it. But then uh, you know, the management changes and you know, somebody wants to go on vacation, it's all well and right. good. And the management says, oh, I'm not going to find somebody to fill in. You you go ahead and do it. Just You'll be just fine. Well, mm-hmm. you know, no, that, that's not the not the case. Well, you watch it be done. You know, you, you can you can do it, um, you know, all these things. So, I mean, it, it's, um, it's unfortunate that that happens because that's usually what drives the ratings down in the long run. Right, exactly, exactly. And it is sad. One of the things I hated to do, no matter where I worked, is I hated going on vacation. Because, I I mean, part of me thought that they were going to find my replacement when I was out of town. Exactly, exactly. And, and I was waiting to get that phone call the Monday before I came back and said, guess what, you're not needed anymore. I'm going, oh, great. Yeah. But, uh, but fortunately for me, that well, fortunately or unfortunately, it never happened. But uh, yeah. But, again, it's just one of those things. Now, question for you before I let you go because it's getting late here. Um, Anything new happening in Pittsburgh? Because you and I haven't talked about Pittsburgh media in a while. The boatload of uh, FM translator signals have been applied for. Okay. And uh, just, well, of course, that that recent window was only open to Class C and D station, AM stations. The Class B and Class A stations get their opportunities in July. Uh, now, whether the Class Bs and As get their uh, their uh, or feel the need to have a uh, translator is uh, certainly going to be interesting one way or the other. But the, the Cs and Ds are, are probably going to benefit from this the most. Now, the whole idea of this of this uh, this opening translators up is that there the FCC's belief that this is going to actually boost AM stations or give them some type of advantage now that they don't have? Well, it's going to give them the advantage of, okay, people people have gone to the FM dial almost ex- exclusively Okay, radio listening. Not, not exactly exclusively, but almost. And, um, you know, they, they are of, of the mind, and, and believe me, this does work, and I'll explain that in a second, um, they're of the mind that okay, you typically you scan from ninety three seven to ninety four point five. Well, in the middle there now is ninety four point one, which is KHB's translator. Mm-hmm. So you know if you're in the right place in Allegheny or uh, Eastern Westmoreland County, which sounds like an oxymoron. Um, you know, you'll be able to pick up 94.1 as long as you're in the signal, which are generally much weaker than the full power FM. Well, actually, I can get it here in Fayette too. Oh well, see, that's because we're so good that. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, no, but but the, the the thing of it is is that you know I had somebody approach me at church a few weeks ago, a few months ago maybe now, and said. I heard you the other day, and I said, really, where did you hear me? Because, I mean, I could be anywhere. 
Right. Uh, at this point. Well, I heard you on, I think it was 94.1. I said, well, that would be correct, but that's not our main signal. That's our FM translator. So I had to go into the explanation of the whole thing and and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, when I mentioned that somebody had heard me, you know, the boss was happy. You know, he, he was happy to hear that, that, you know, it was some, something worthwhile that even though he has a 5,500-watt AM station, you know, as the main signal, people are hearing it on FM and saying, oh, there is more to radio than just these select stations here. So I think it's beneficial in that regard. It gives, you know, us another outlet, um, you know, just uh, it, it kind of think of it like the sample in the grocery store that the lady asks you if you want, and mm-hmm. then, you know maybe you'll buy the product by going to the AM dial and listening on six twenty or or whatever. Right. Now it it just it just in, intrigues me that a lot of stations are jumping in that direction, and I was out today. Actually, I was out there. I um, my father's in the hospital right now, so I was in I was in Mars um, this morning. And I was—I actually caught 94.1 on my way home because I was scanning through the dial. And I hate to say this, I was looking for a clean frequency <laughs> so I could play my satellite radio on it. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. You might want to get that adapter. <laughs> well, I had one. Yeah. But since my car is not running and that's where the, it usually is, uh-huh. Um, it's, I put it in my wife's car and, um, I didn't have the adapter with me, so I was using the FM modulator. So I was trying to find a clear signal, which I thought was amazing how, what a jumbled mess the FM dial is in the Pittsburgh area right now. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's stuff on top of everything. Right. But I, I, I'm hearing stations that are trying to apply for these and the one I thought was really odd was 11 o'clock. Was uh, it is eleven o'clock? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I told you that. Yeah. Was the uh, was the uh, station? Um, why can't I think of it? Ninety uh, nine seventy ESPN. At one hundred six point three. Got the one hundred six point three, which I did not realize was licensed to Uniontown. But the best part is you can't hear it in Uniontown. Well, that's because they moved it to the Crown Tower in Hazelwood. Right, but it still shows a licensing in Uniontown. Uniontown, exactly. And if I go to if I go to one hundred six point three, I hear a radio station out of Indiana County. Right. That comes in almost as clear as a bell, which I'm really surprised. Right. Well, you know, there, there's a lot. This this whole translator thing is so goofy, because one of, one of the things that you can do in in applying for a translator license right now is you can apply to move one uh, up mm-hmm. to 250 miles from where it is now. Now, just because it might be on 104.1 in one region does not mean right. it's going to be on 104.1 in another region. You're you're just moving the license to have a broadcast signal. That that signal could move to 93.3. Right. You know, so and and that is exactly what's going to happen for one of the other stations that uh, are in our cluster, um, you know that uh, you know one of the translators is going to be moved from one of the other uh, uh, clusters in in uh, elsewhere in the area. So 
you know, it, it's pretty amazing. You know, that that same thing is happening for um, for the station up in Apollo. Uh, the new owners of that station are moving one of their signals from Ole in New York uh, down here, mm-hmm. supposedly. So that that's uh, that's what they're able to do. It's it's amazing. And, and it's amazing to me that the FCC is letting it happen. Because you would assume, knowing the FCC, that they want more control. But to me, what it seems like is they're just giving everybody um, license to do whatever they want. And that's one of the reasons why we have the mess that we have on the FM band, with things bleeding on top of each other. Well, with things bleeding on top of each other, number one. But I I think it's the FCC's way of saying, you know what, we goofed up with deregulation. Which they did. Which they did. So we're going to give all the little guys the opportunities as best as we can, and and the big guys with, you know, these podunk signals or you know these signals that aren't that great, like 970, which is not that great. It mm, takes, no, it takes not at all. Eight towers to move that thing um, at night and four during the day, I think. Um, but you know, so we're we're going to give these stations these opportunities, but you know, it, it's just. It's really interesting to to look at how things have changed in the last five to ten years. Oh yeah, the result of a decision made. Would you believe it? Twenty years ago, this. Oh, year. I, and I remember when the was decision was made because there was a lot of us complaining about it because we read between the lines of what was going to happen. Right, right. And 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 the bad thing is, a lot of us forecasted what was going to happen did happen. And eventually they were going to try to bail their way out of it. And if this is their way of bailing it, their way out of it, is it too little too late? That's a very good possibility. Because right now with what's going on with the Internet, which everybody thought was going to go gangbusters, which was they thought was going to replace it, which of course it's not because of the whole licensing fiasco that's going on right now. Right. That you've lost so many small market, so so many internet stations, let alone small market radio that were trying to stream to garner a larger audience, they can't afford to do it anymore. Right. So I I don't I really don't know I don't see where it's going. I know that the uh, the idea of of podcasting, which had its heyday, which I hate to say, the golden day of podcasting was about five or six years ago, and now that novelty is wearing off because your local stations, big or small, jump to the Internet. They're putting everything that they do in a podcast format. So right now, the guy like me who's been trying to do it, who actually had a decent following, has now been overtaken by the big guys that's trying to remarket their stuff because they see advertising dollars behind it. Exactly. Exactly. And... You know, this this is a conversation that could go on and on. Oh, exactly. And, on. <laughs> and you know, so many people saying the same thing, but it, it is, it is, you know, a sad fact. And but it, it is also a reality. So you know, we have to look at it. Now, the one thing, and and I know a, and, and I'll let you go. I know a CBS station in California tried this. I think it was KCBS that about eight years ago, which would have been yeah, 2008. They were looking at people that were doing podcast programming, and they were looking for long-form programs, and they were actually putting them on the air. 
I remember this, yeah. And they were formatting. I'm going, that is such a wonderful idea. Not that you're paying anybody to do it because they're doing the program free anyhow. You're just you're just licensing it from them. And what exposure it gave, maybe, maybe you show, did the show once every so many days or maybe you did a weekly show, and it gave them exposure. I'm surprised that no one now – with all the with all the stations that we have in Pittsburgh and some that are floundering, haven't looked at doing this model to see what they could produce. Yeah. Because trust me, I got a lot of free stuff. They're more than welcome to have. <laughs> yes, exactly. And <laughs> and you know the, these opportunities are what 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 is actually needed to make radio what it was. Right. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. So, but Eric, I appreciate uh, you coming on in the last minute. Help me with this uh, audio glitch that hopefully I straightened out. Well, hopefully they hear you talking and not me. But you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, I appreciate I appreciate the time tonight. Hey, we'll talk to you sometime in the near future. All right, take care. You you have a great night. Well, that's going to wrap up a radio show, or I should say, a netio show for a Wednesday night. I think we got everything set. We'll let you know. And uh, we're scheduling coming back in on Friday night, 11 o'clock. We're going to be talking with former WMBS announcer Joe Simon, who is now in Wyoming, I believe. We'll be talking to him next Friday. We're going to be talking to the political pundit Darren Christopher. We talked to him a couple weeks ago about Super Tuesday, which this race is getting really fun now. So we're going to be talking to Darren next week, and hopefully the following week we'll be talking to Glenn Heller, formerly of WPQR and WASP-FM. He was working on the FM side when I was working on the AM side, so it should be interesting comparing stories. And then uh, the following week right now we'll be doing open line conversations. So everybody, you have a great night. And... uh, I'm out of here, so we'll talk to you we'll talk to you this Friday here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. Kino Tata, Kino Tata, Kino Tata, ha ha. Kino Tata, Kino Tata. You've just gone online Online. with Bill Alexander. For more information and to download this program as a podcast, go to onlinewithbillalexander.com. Online with Bill Alexander is a million-dollar baby production in association with TalkShoe.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.